yeah, so I started my social career doing a podcast because it was always the easiest one to jump into because you don't have to show your face. Yeah. So it seemed a little less scary. So I've done a podcast on my own before in my bedroom. And that's actually how I started online, doing, doing social media. So yeah, I've done a podcast before. And my friend keeps bugging me to start one as well, because apparently podcasts are, you know, everyone's setting up a podcast. So I need to as well. So I'm, I'm no stranger to podcasts, man. Yeah, it's interesting. It's because um, in COVID, I think it really took off. I mean, I started listening to podcasts. God, you know, Ricky Gervais had them back in like the mid late 2000s. I don't know if you're a Carl Pilkington fan, but. Of course, uh, man. Yeah, I remember we were traveling America and half of our playlist was the Ricky Gervais, Carl Pilkington um, and his other mate podcast. Yeah, they were like pioneers. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I forgot about them. Yeah, mate. I uh, do you ever listen to the XFM shows, like the old radio shows? Mm, no, I can't say I do, mate. If you like, if you like Ricky Gervais or Carl Pilkington, honestly, I highly recommend them because um, it's literally like their old radio shows, old radio show recordings, and okay. basically they did. That's how they came across Carl Pilkington, that he was their producer. But yeah, highly recommend mm. them. But yeah, they were like the. Like one of the, the the first ones. I mainly sort of yeah. Like... I remember listening to them back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so they're, they're not going anymore now, right? They're still not going. So, Ricky, Steve, and Carl stopped working together like eleven years ago, I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a whole thing about it. Like, if you're if you're on like the Ricky Gervais subreddit and stuff, they always talk about how Ricky's stuff sort of dropped off a cliff since he stopped working with Steve. Because he did obviously all his best stuff with those guys and yeah, Carl as well. Like, but it's funny because apparently they are still friends, but Ricky doesn't acknowledge them in interviews whenever someone brings it up to annoy them. So there's like no Carl and Steve over the last few years have met, have talked about him, mm. and they're just like, we worked together for the best part of twelve years nonstop. Like we just decided to go do other things as you would with any other any yeah. colleague but um they talk about it but ricky just doesn't he just doesn't talk about it because apparently yeah i heard moment. rumors isn't wasn't steve like one of the main writers to be fair so without him ricky struggled a bit but i must admit he's done a few things recently that are really good i think people like afterlife right that's his main thing right now uh well he did afterlife um yeah he did like three seasons of afterlife on netflix mm. and then uh, I think that's that's done now. So I like the first seasons of that. I wasn't really a fan of like. I just did you watch it? To be fair, I've only seen like a few TikTok clips of the best bits, but it looks decent. But no, I've not watched it. Yeah, that is probably the clip of him calling that little ginger kid a cunt, right? Yeah, that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. That's the one. Inspirational awesome. clips. They're like oddly motivational, actually. Yeah. Well, basically, the show's about like his wife dying. And it's all about like, you know, death and grieving and having hope. But the problem was, in my opinion, you know, Ricky Vase knows a bit more about comedy than I do. But in my opinion, like they should have just stopped it in season one because of the way I wrapped it up in season one was so good. Yeah. And I actually thought it was really good. And then I watched season two and I was like, right, where's this going to go? His wife's still dead. He's still grieving. And it, yeah, my enough. understanding is they just sort of kept on rehashing it and rehashing it. So, but. Yeah, I mean, You're a big fan of The Office. Me? Yeah. Um, yes, I I got into The Office really late. 
like I watched it when I was younger and I I've always been a Ricky Gervais fan always like I absolutely loved him I saw him um uh me and my fiance managed to, to bag a VIP booth like when was it like a year year and a half ago um and we were like 10 meters from him uh so I've always been a Ricky Gervais fan but I didn't really get the office until I I think I didn't get the office until I started working in an office to be honest yeah, with you yeah. which makes sense yeah, I only started really appreciating it when I was in the office, but now that's that was peak Ricky Gervais. That and his one he did afterwards, which I can't even remember what it's called. Extras. Now. What's that called? Extras. Extras was gold. I think that and the office was peak Ricky Gervais, man. Extras is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I think I don't. Yes, it. When people say it's Pete Ricky Vase, it's like that was like his first thing he ever did. Do you know what I mean? So it, it mm. sort of it makes me a little bit sad as a Ricky Gervais fan when some people think that he peaked literally as he came out, like he was barely getting going. But yeah, for fair. me, like he extras was awesome. I loved extras. I think I prefer that to the Office, to be honest with you. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, it's good. Yeah, the best things he's ever done, though, honestly, is the XFM shows. Okay, like, uh, I'll check yeah. them out. I will. Yeah, you can get them on. You can get them on Spotify. Um, it's literally like if you get into them and you like Ricky Gervais and you like Carl, it's like a time capsule of the early two thousands. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it starts off in like two thousand and one and it runs through to two thousand and five. But you get like a running commentary of like things going on in their life, but like even mundane things. So like Steve's like talking about his fame a little bit. Like he was um he was buying a DVD or something in H and V, and there was a uh like a cutout of him and Ricky next to the office DVD section. Oh yeah. It was obviously enormous. And, but he, and then um, some blood, and then he realized he was stood next to himself and he was like, Oh no, I don't want to like, look like I'm trying to like be noticed. <laughs> if that makes sense. And then he also had this like homeless guy. Um, they talk about like when people come up to him for like signatures and stuff, and, like this homeless guy um, asked him to like sign a DVD that he's just stolen. <laughs> from HMV, and he's like, I don't get paid for that now. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> highly recommend it if you're a Ricky Gervais fan. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, what other podcast do you, you obviously like Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, I love Joe Rogan. Um, again, got I got into him really late. Like, he was one of those ones where it's like, I'd known about him for quite a while, like, obviously, with the Elon Musk spoken, smoking a spliff thing and whatever, but. I think he was on. I there think, was a good. Th- there like, was a good days. They were for sure. Yeah, I think he was on like YouTube though, just YouTube, and you couldn't. It was so hard to watch a um, podcast on YouTube, mm. and uh, it was when he went for Spotify. I think during COVID, like twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, that's when I was like, I was like, I see what the hype is about. Went through, listened to some like celebrities I, I knew. Uh, I was like, oh, this is fairly interesting. He's into aliens. He's into like. A lot of stuff I'm into, and then obviously you're into as well, like nutrition and that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, it was the I started listening to like the more recent ones, like, and and you were getting like a running commentary of like COVID basically, and yeah, I I've just started getting into them really, and that's almost all I listen to. What about you? What, what podcast do you listen to? Yeah, definitely Joe Rogan. I mean, but I was sort of not early days because he's been going a long time. But yeah, I was YouTube days. So I must admit, I actually stopped listening for a bit when he went to Spotify just because I, I just spend my life on YouTube. But some of the old guests, if you haven't checked them out, like if you watch the Alex Jones ones, 
from years ago. They're, yeah, they're, they're like ranked as like the best ones to start watching. Oh, um, mate, it is like listening to a GTA radio station. It is pure entertainment. And I know he says some wacky things, but if I'm honest, my opinion, the wackier the better. They, when I listen to, I've watched them start to finish. They're three hours long so many times, man. I honestly think they're the most entertaining things I've ever listened to. So they were the good old days, to be fair. I, I And to be fair, I still listen to Joe Rogan. But yeah, Joe Rogan peak. I'll say there's one called Iced Coffee Hour by a guy called Graham Stephan. It's like a finance YouTuber. He's really good. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of him. No, I never heard of him. Yeah, he's like a finance bro. He talks a lot about money, but he has this, he has the iced coffee out, which is really good. Obviously, I've listened to Stephen Bartlett. Um, he's sometimes what do you a think little of his bit podcast? painful to watch. Yeah, the diary of the CEO. He's sometimes a little bit painful to watch, but Steve, he has some good guests on. Right? There was one which I really liked. Do you know Liver King? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big, yeah big honestly, family, actually. Liver King went on like a podcast spree. So I watched everyone he was in. It's so, so, so good. Yeah. So yeah. Stephen Bartlett, Diary CEO, he has some good guests, but it, it kind of lives and dies by the guests, I would say. I, mate, I totally agree with you on Stephen Bartlett. Um, Steve, if you're listening, apologies. But um, <laughs> he, uh, he's, he's obviously done some great things, right? And, you know, he's had great success. M- my issue with with his podcast is is i just find some of the questions a bit grating and just like the way he pretty much what you said really just the way he comes across a a little bit grating and i feel like he self-indulges as well and he starts talking about himself a lot and like sometimes it's mid-interview like you're, you're listening to this really cool interviewer and he'll sort of jump in about like issues he's having with his girlfriend and it's just like okay like i just want to hear the guest he goes like, "How have you found fame?" And they'll they'll start they'll say something, and he'll cut them in. He goes, "Yeah, yeah. What I found, you know, with making money is I already have so much money. Yeah. I don't need any more money. But what I want is more convenience. So I just want a private jet, not because of the status, because in my life I just want to optimize for time." And he's like, "My model girlfriend, who is bang- absolutely banging, by the way." Yeah. We have this- <laughs> it just goes on and on, and I'm thinking, "Who is this guy?" And then he'll ask questions like, "All right, so your mum dying." How did that make you feel? And the guests will go, oh, it was all right. You know, I get over it. It's like, but how did that affect you emotionally? And it was like, and he keeps digging and dilling, digging until he found some like emotional trigger for the guests. And sometimes I think yeah. it's like there was one that I listened to um, where, yeah, I, I wanted to just hear about the guy's profession, less so his trauma from his childhood. But Stephen loves to linger on that stuff. Well, th- again, I, you know, we're totally on the same wavelength with that because I like the podcast because of the guest, like when he had Frank Lampard on and that sort of stuff, like yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, great. I, I can't get access to these sort of interviews anywhere else. So it's, that's why obviously it's done so well and, you know, fair play to him. Yeah. But I do feel like it's, um, what was that? Was it Piers Morgan's show where it was like everyone cried on it? Piers, Mor- Piers yeah, Morgan got them Piers to Morgan cry. censored now, but he had this other one with like life stories. Yeah. Yes. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was like, and, just out of nowhere, be like, and obviously your mum died of cancer, didn't she, when you were seven? Yeah, yeah, she did actually, yeah. Uh... How did that make you feel? Did you feel abandoned? I Distraught? Know. He goes for the clips, yeah. So Stephen's definitely taken that strategy. 
I will say, talking about guests, though, one that really shocked me was Jimmy Carr. Have you watched that episode on the Stephen Barlett Diary of CEO? Because Jimmy Carr no. was oddly inspiring. He actually spoke about how he started off in the corporate world working for Shell on their graduate mm. program and then took the payout when he got made redundant and then started his career. And actually, wildly inspiring from some dude I, I know very little about. So if I were to give you one recommendation from the Diary of CEO, it is Jimmy Carr. Yeah, yeah, I did because that was going, that was doing the rounds on TikTok quite a lot, and I know it got quite a like a controversial reaction because Jimmy, I I remember him saying like he was in he was in Shell, wasn't he? And then he was like twenty seven, and he was like, I hate my life. I'm on loads of money. He's probably on what a couple hundred k a year, something like that. But he was like, I was miserable, and he just quit and to do comedy. And what most of it's like, you know, chase your dreams sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, that was a good episode. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, I couldn't tell you the controversial bit of the episode. It was just good. I think some of the guests are, I think he's a bit controversial because he tried to minimize his tax bill, but and I can't speak to that. But no, dude, the episode was oddly inspiring from a guy I wasn't expecting it from. Yeah, it was great. I, I love Jimmy Carr. I'm a big, big, big fan of him. Um, well, let, me ask him you, dude. let me ask you, dude. Joe Rogan podcast, what guests should he have on? Or hasn't he had who he definitely should? Well, there's actually, so on the Joe Rogan subreddit, there's people always chuck their requests in and not that anyone ever reads, Joe Rogan reads it or Jamie reads it. But for me, one, one, I really, well, there's a couple I really want on that come to mind, right? Matt Stone and Trey Parker, creators of South Park. Joe Rogan talks about them all the time. He's a huge fan of South Park. They play the Team America theme song and like the um, (laughs) Protect the Parks episodes all the time. They all just get wasted and just have America. Fuck yeah! <laughs> in the background, why they've never gone on, I don't know. Because it would be the best fucking episode ever. Um, uh, the Rock said yeah. he was. Go- Do you remember when Joe Rogan had that N word um, controversy that came out like a year, a year and a half ago? Yeah, they trying to count said it like a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. was like. I mean, it wasn't great, but he. Um, so. The Rock tweeted in support of him. Okay. Uh, because I think they were talking about something else. And then the N-word video resur- resurfaced. And then The Rock, like, retracted his, like, support in, like, a really cringy way. And I love The Rock. He's one of my, like, absolute heroes. But I was just yeah. like, okay. And um, and it, it, the, the Rock's tweet was like, uh, fully back my brother Joe. Can't wait to come on the podcast. And you know, uh, he ch- what's his thing called? Terramana, his Terramana uh, whiskey. Sure. Um, can't wait to break open some Terramana with you or something. And I was like, oh great, maybe he's coming on the the podcast soon because that would be like one of the best episodes ever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then and then obviously he retracted his support, so I'm not sure that's going to happen now. But yeah, what about yeah, you? he's like Dwayne's like that. To be fair, fair play to Dwayne actually because he's he's got so much to lose. But that is a really good shout. Dwayne would be so good. I would say for me, Conor McGregor. I, I just can't believe he's not been on the podcast. Incre- Do you know what? I realized that the other day he was mentioning it, and I was just like, actually, how, how it seems impossible. Like, I even yeah. like had to stop and think. I was like, no, he must have been on earlier, like a few years ago. But it's crazy. How he never that, been on? It's crazy. I, I listened to Sean Strickland the other day, as well as um, when Dustin Poirier. But I was thinking, no Conor McGregor. I, I just can't believe it. And 
to be fair, dude is wild and still is persisted to be wild. So I, I would love that episode. I'm not the biggest UFC fan, but I'm a big McGregor fan, I think, as everyone is. Yeah, have you seen his documentary? Couple of episodes, really good. I haven't watched the whole thing, but yeah, I've watched a couple of the episodes. I think it's episodes, right? Yes, yeah, so I, I think I've seen a couple. I think I stopped it after he had the loss from Khabib. But yeah, it's good. It's decent. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's, uh, I, because I do um, jujitsu, so I asked a few of the guys there, I was like, what do you think of the Conor McGregor thing? Because they actually do watch UFC and I don't watch it. Like, yeah. I only watch highlights every now and then, sort of thing. And they were like, it's the way they've framed it is like Conor McGregor family man sort of thing. Um, <laughs> but the, it also, as well, if you're you, I think it's better if you're like us, like if you're not a UFC fan, then yeah. uh, you can enjoy it because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the, re- the results of the, the necessarily the results of the fights. So yeah, it's sure, yeah. it interesting. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, what just Conor McGregor, anyone else? I don't know. Yeah, I think McGregor is the one, and Dana White would be good. Yeah, I think The Rock was a good shout from you. But no, how I is Dana then? A... He's like Joe Rogan's best friend. Yeah, yeah, but I guess he doesn't want his boss on the podcast, right? You kind of forget it's his boss, so he probably thinks he has enough for him at work. So, yeah, yeah, true, true. It's uh, yeah, my favorite ones are also like the David Goggins uh, ones. Kevin Hart's is really good as well. They were like the super emotional, like uh, yeah. motivational ones. Yeah, Kevin um, Hart, you must admit, amazing guest. I will say Mike Tyson, absolutely surprising, but he's been on two or three times. His, his are amazing. I would absolutely yeah. love to go see him live in Vegas. So from the Joe Rogan podcast, I became a massive Mike Tyson fan just because of how he come across, and his story is wild. Mike Tyson's hilarious. Like, Have you read his book? No, but I should. Should Mate, it's one of the best books. Like, I've, I've got a few, like... If anyone asks me, like, my favorite autobiographies, I've got a few that come to mind, but Mike Tyson's is definitely up there. Okay, it's just right. crazy, mate. It's just, like, he was just off the fucking rail, <laughs> but also heavyweight champion of the world, and yeah, only, dude, like, 24. Oh, yeah. He fought, like, he, he fought, like, an outrageous amount in just the... Dudes, dudes live life, and I would still say greatest of all time. As someone who is definitely a, like a casual boxing fan, but no, the greatest of all time. Well, the crazy thing is as well, right? So he had his resurgence because of the Hangover. That look yeah, sort yeah. of brought him back into like the the public domain and gained him a bit more popularity. Yeah. So the Hangover came out in two thousand and nine, and Tyson would have only oh. been forty three. So. Like, 43 is not old, but Tyson had already, like, had his career, retired, and then, like, sort of dropped off the radar a bit, and then came back in at 43, which is crazy, really. But Yeah, well, to be, to be fair, athletes at 43 would have been considered absolute ancient fossils. The interesting yeah. thing now with just advances in tech and health, there's playing a lot longer. So if you look at someone like Lionel Messi or Djokovic in tennis, and this is what gets me inspired as I age and age and age. These seeing these 36, 37-year-olds absolutely performing at the top level, like Ronaldo. So to be fair, 43 was ancient when I was growing up for an athlete. But nowadays, these guys are pushing for it and they're still kicking ass. So you're right, it's not, it's not that old at all. But it what used to be considered ancient. Say that again, man. What sports are you into? 
So I'm a massive, well, I'm massively into health and fitness. I used to do gymnastics as a kid, um, but now I'm massively into calisthenics, sort of climbing and sort of ninja obstacle courses. So last year I competed on Ninja Warrior UK, uh, which Did was you? absolutely an amazing experience. So I'm a huge calisthenics obstacle course guy. Um, so I competed on Ninja Warrior last year. I was a reserve. So I applied, did the whole application, and I was a reserve. And I was ill in bed, and I got this call saying, in five days' time, do you want to compete on the show? And I was mulling it over, thinking, man, I'm not in the best shape, but this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So for me, man, I am hugely into ninja, ninja, obstacle course, climbing, calisthenics. And since I did that show, absolutely crushed the course. It was a, a race with two people side-by-side -side racing. If you go on my YouTube, you can check it out. The guy clinched it. The guy was so much better prepared. But because I absolutely smashed the course, did the wall, got my handshake from Cammy, my hug from Ben Shepard, such a good experience. In the last year, I've just concentrated on it because when the applications come out again, I will be straight on there, 100%, and I want to crush it. So, yeah, I, I, it's a funny sport to like, but, yeah, I like obstacle courses and, and like climbing and stuff like that. That's funny, man. I was going to ask you um, where your name Mr. Protein on TikTok came from, but I assume it's pretty self-explanatory, actually. Yeah, well, I was well into the gym, and I was well into bodybuilding, and I just ate, drank, ate a ridiculous amount of protein shakes, so I got this massive bag of whey protein, and because I was, I was over it, it's like 20 kilograms, so I put a little hat and sunglasses on and sent a picture to my mate, and from there, I just had this mate, Mr. Beast called him Mr. Protein, because he was literally the size of me, and then I don't know, I just put it as my gamer tag, and I just... Then I just put it on my TikTok. I must admit, man, very little thought went into it other than we had my, had my mate who was the protein bag. We put a little hat and sunglasses on and we were just joking. And then, I don't know. I just put it as my gamer tag and then I put it on my TikTok. I put very little thought into starting my TikTok other than I'm just going to have a little bit of fun and mess around. And I didn't expect it to kind of grow as it did. So I have always thought, should I change it just to something else? But I kind of I I like it. Well, it's what you're known for now, right? It's like what people search for. Like, mm. so how long did it take you? What was your journey like then when you set up your, um, your TikTok page? Like, how long did it take for you to start getting traction? Yeah, good question. So I started doing the podcast. I got about a few thousand views and then I thought I'm not getting the numbers I wanted. I jumped onto YouTube and I got monetized in a year and I got, you know, a few thousand views on that. But then in 21, October 21, I decided that I was going to try this thing called TikTok, which I've been hearing a lot about. And within three months, I got 10K followers. I got monetized, put into the creative fund. And for me, that was like explosive growth. It, it really didn't take long for me to get a ridiculous amount of views on TikTok. Within the first month, I had already had a million viewed video and my account had already been banned because the person I made the video about didn't like the video. So I went through this crazy journey. And because I'd done podcasts and YouTube before that, I realized, man, the, the organic growth on this is absolutely wild. So it only took me three months to get monetized. And I thought, yeah, I'm going all in on this. And last year was when I absolutely exploded in 2022. I just pumped out three to five videos a day, spent so much time trying to churn out the videos. So I've been on TikTok now, coming up to two years. And if I'm honest, man, it didn't take long. I think I just caught the TikTok organic growth just at the tail end and kind of rode mm. it to where I am now. Yes, that those early days, like, because I, 
I got into, I came across you on TikTok. I think I started, only started on TikTok early 2022, actually. I, I hadn't really used it because yeah. uh, I thought it was like a dancing app, like a lot of people did. And <laughs> I came across you I'm, I'm trying ago. to bring that back on a couple of my most recent videos. But yeah, that was my perception of it as well. But yeah, I've seen you, I've seen you pumping out a lot of content recently actually like your your sort of like short form content meme stuff that seems to be doing well right so yeah well but... I, I think tiktok has changed though man i will say the memes were like outrageous they could get ridiculous organic reach blow up your page i think it has the landscape of tiktok has changed a little bit now i think they are pushing the longer videos so you will see me experimenting with like a minute plus videos now but the memes the memes give you still crazy reach but they are, the landscape has changed a bit. You do want to be pumping out slightly longer videos, I would suggest. Yeah, for sure. I was actually talking to um, to another uh, TikTok comedian guy, um, Fred Asquith. I think we t- talked about him before, right? Yeah, he's funny, uh, he's, man. He's, he's a really good funny. guy. Yeah, really funny guy. He was telling me the other day, like, how if he puts anything out that's like, below 60 seconds it's almost got like no chance and he's got a quarter of a million followers and you know he's got a really loyal following as well like anything he puts out is is does really well so it has been interesting to see that like massive shift and it's one of those things as well where it's you have to sort of adapt with the algorithm don't you like you're sort of at mercy to the algorithm i've seen so many people as well like even um do you know alex hormozy yeah of course man he's cool yeah yeah um he uh when when it started crashing because loads of pe- i saw loads of videos because you always get those videos on your fyp right like just saying people moaning about the views going down and stuff yeah and that's how i usually find out because people are moaning about it and i start taking notice of it um and i, I always go to like someone like alex or moses because he he's obviously like the short form king like i used to get um even up until very recently people contacting me saying hey we're a podcast editing software or whatever do you want to be the next alex Hormozzi? so he's like the benchmark but then he was struggling for views even though he's got like half a million followers and he's like the business guru the bit the biggest business guru in the world apart from maybe tony robbins at the moment so it is interesting but do you pay yeah, attention to that stuff, yeah i actually used him as an example of how you can be have tons of followers and tons of clout and still not succeed on tiktok and that's what i really like about tiktok is someone like me or you has as much potential as, you know, a Jordan Peterson or an Alex Holmosey or a Tony Robbins of going viral. And that's what I really liked about TikTok. And people like Fred. Fred is very good because he has this really good little character he plays. And because he's pumping out minute-long videos, he will be getting paid a really good whack from TikTok. The problem with the short-form videos is when I've been on the Creator Fund, and I've had, by the way, over 200 million Way more than 200 million views on TikTok in, in the space of a year and a half. I've had... A 200 real, million? Way over 200 million. You just go on my most popular videos, 10 million, 8 million, 7 million, 10 million. I've had so many views on TikTok, but because they're five seconds long and the creator fund notoriously pays so bad, if I was to have made 200 million views on YouTube, I would be not living in this house and currently living there. I'd be retired right now. It'd be crazy, but... Because there's such short videos and the creative fund isn't so good, I haven't been paid too much. But what Fred's doing well is over a minute, they're paying really well on this creativity fund beta. So they're paying about 50p to a pound per video. So if you can get a million views, it's actually really, really good. And I think that's what a lot of people are shifting to now. Did you say 50p per pound 
per, per video. To a pound, just about it varies for a thousand views. So if you get you get some fair views, it's good. It's good, decent money. YouTube will pay even yeah. more than that, right? Because YouTube's super established. But that's why you'll see people like me pumping out sort of longer form videos. Maybe they don't go quite as viral, but actually, what you get per the thousand views is wild compared to the sort of really short meme videos. Yeah. Yeah, t I don't know why TikTok don't pay as much because YouTube is like, well, apparently they've, it's not as good as it used to be hmm. for certain accounts anyway, but it's still like, you know, people actually make a lot of money on there. And uh, on TikTok, apparently it's, it's really low compared to others. I wonder if that's going to change as they sort of grow the platform. It is changing, yeah. So when I, I've been on the creator fund, like I said, I've had, yeah, 200 million views, easy, like without question. And, you know, I've made a few grand from it, you know, and, and that's wildly low. Um, but the creative creativity fund beta that they're trialing now for over a minute videos, they pay pretty good. And that's where you can get that pound for thousand views. It is funny though, because YouTube wants to now be TikTok and has encouraged less than a minute videos. TikTok now wants to be mm. YouTubers and encourage you to make over a minute videos. But I would say if I, if I could suggest someone who's like a new content creator where to go now, I would say if you want organic reach, go to TikTok. Your virality potential is wild. But try and get them over to YouTube because that's where you make the money. You know, I, even on a few thousand views, you can make like, what, 10 quid for a thousand views, which is absolutely monstrous. You're just not going to struggle to get that organic reach that you get on TikTok. Yeah, it's... It, like you said, it just seems to have done a flip because going viral on TikTok, I wonder if it's still, there's still that like organic, like incredible organic growth that was in 2022, but just for longer videos, because there certainly seems to be like a lot of content creators, views have taken a massive hit. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, some guy I follow, I follow a few like TikTok coaches and stuff on there just because they keep you updated with the algorithm and all that stuff. And uh, one of them was saying, like, it's like your views haven't gone lower on TikTok. They're just going elsewhere. Yeah. Like people, it's not like less people using it. It's just they're pushing the views to other accounts instead. So it's more widely spread. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good way of looking at it. Dude, TikTok is still the place to be 100%. Mm. It, you would have seen these little cap cut templates. You might not even know the cap cut templates, but have you seen like the little templates where people just put a picture on of a little meme and then it's some kind of, I don't know, Anchorman template or some, yeah. or the office template. They are going wild. Every other video is one of them. And I've really considered it. I like to make videos where I'm actually in the video to at least grow some sort of a brand. But if I really just wanted to explode my page, I would just batch produce like a hundred of these little template videos. So they're still going wild. And if you've got a product to sell, I think, and they can push to your page, then yeah, I'd go for that. The trouble is if you build a following and they've never seen your face and then you appear on camera, they, you know, they have no need to follow you and they, they don't know who the hell you are. So it depends what you're going at. But all that to say, TikTok is still the place. I experiment with YouTube, Instagram. I still get more views on TikTok than anywhere. But that being said, Instagram has showed me a lot of love recently. And a lot of the times I'm making videos just to repost on Instagram. So I know that you'll get a little bit more love there. Yeah. Yeah, I've had the same, mate. I've had the same. I sent you a screenshot, didn't I? I like yeah. the, I, I get a video on Instagram that get 2 million views and I'll move it. To, I, I posted it on TikTok and I get like 10K. It's really weird. But then 
Crazy. I think it's maybe because of, like you said, anything below 60 seconds just doesn't get pushed on TikTok at the moment. So it's, it's, it's a wild, funny game. Man. All that to say, I've been making videos for two years on TikTok. I still haven't understood the algorithm. I have a few little types of videos that I do that I know will go viral, and I try not to do them too much, but there are a couple of little templates, one in particular where I'm sitting looking in the distance with a little laughing track under, and I just get like a little funny story from Reddit or Twitter or just make one up. And I know that will get a million views. The problem is a lot of my comments are like, bro, you've done the audio enough. I'm like, I know I apologize, but like, I also would like a million views. So I might, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, yeah. But yeah, well, so, but, but that being said, I still haven't figured out the algorithm. And like, I posted a video on TikTok that got 7,000 views and I knew it was viral. I just knew this is a viral video. Went on Instagram, 6 million views. And you sometimes you get a bit of a sense of, you know, what's going to work and what's not. And when like TikTok doesn't promote a video, sometimes it can actually just be luck. Honestly, I swear. I don't know how the algorithm works, but when you know you got a viral video and it doesn't hit, but it hits on another platform, sometimes TikTok just says, yeah, it's not happening for you today. So I, I read something recently, right? I don't know if you know anything about this, but apparently in the earlier days, I mean, they probably can still do it now, but apparently they have like a viral button basically. <laughs> and do you remember like Bella Porch? Like I have never seen any of these people like Bella Porch. Who are the other people that are like massively famous? I've never seen these people. Addison Ray. Yeah, I've never seen any of these people on my few page, but I know who they are, of course. Yeah, Bella Porch is because I remember when I joined again, I was super late and they she had that bouncy head video, didn't she? Like it's just <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. And she's actually like lip syncing a uh, a grime song from the UK. It's really strange, but okay, nice. um, I think they were talking about it on Rogan. So they were saying how like it's been confirmed that they basically handpicked some hot US teenagers, young twenties people to be like the face of the platform, Damn. and they almost just like funneled it because you know she didn't do anything particularly interesting and as far as i'm aware but she's probably like a multi-millionaire now yeah i have no doubt they can cook accounts that's interesting though that mm. they spoke about how they hand selected people like i don't know like bryce hall he's the only one who seems to come up who's of that like tiktok dancing era but yeah that's interesting they can hand select i believe it because sometimes the algorithm is so fickle and you think my video is just as good and just as funny and just as hot as these other videos and actually better, and it just won't bang because your account isn't heated. Um, so that definitely is, a, is is something. And I also yeah. have seen a lot of people getting banned on TikTok, and that that they can just, if you've got a connection in TikTok, you can just get that automatically sorted out. And I think people almost rely on their relationships with people in TikTok. Oh, really? I've never heard yeah, of that. Yeah, it's been crazy. You know that like HS Tiki Toki? I think he's been banned maybe like a hundred times, but he says, I've got right. a mate inside here. He'll unblock me in a few days. Don't worry about it. So I actually think a lot of these big creators do rely on their relationship with TikTok. So maybe that's the secret. It's about who you know. Yeah, I've only seen that HS Tiki Toki guy a few times on my page. Um, I don't really know what he does, to be honest. But Yeah, well, UK TikTok is a really funny place. They've got some really weird characters like Simple Simon, Chef Dave. I don't know if you know these guys. Ed Matthews. No, they were talking Simple about them on radio. They're talking about them on radio one, so they made the mainstream. But 
Count nah. the Dragon. You don't know these people. I was, I was, that was, so I think Simple Simon's related to Cow the Dragon, right? Like, you know, connected. Are they the same? I don't know. The plot line thickens. I don't know, but they're <laughs> not, not related, not like biologically. Like, um, if he, if he's who I think you, Simple Simon. Simple Simon's um, a 50 year old man who goes viral for all the wrong reasons. And he was sort of best mates with Cal the Dragon, who's this yeah, that's what I mean. It's the whack UK TikTok is the strangest place. And I'm not going to lie. I actually love it. I prefer it to the whole Bella Porch dancing on TikTok. I think the UK, like with Luke Bennett and Simple Simon, Chef Dave, I think it's so funny. Cal the Dragon fucking cracks me up, mate. What yeah. a weird account to have millions of followers on. But that's what I love about TikTok. That's that a normal dude like me or like you has the potential to be a little bit weird on camera and go viral. I absolutely love that about TikTok. You're not seeing that on Instagram. You're not seeing that on YouTube, particularly not Instagram, or at least that wasn't the case. It's always that like, aspirational. But what I like about TikTok mm. is it's more, can I relate to that? Not can I aspire to be like that? I doubt many people aspire to be like me. But I think people relate to it, and I think that's what goes viral on TikTok, and that's why I've always loved it. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting place. I'm just trying to cow, cow, cow. I remember coming across Cow the Dragon because he, he does those like penalties in his garden and stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> and it's like the bucket. Is, but then, but he's gone on to like be in these like YouTube, um, TikTok charity events and stuff, right? He was in like, the Sideman football game. Yeah, he was last year. He fell off a bit, so they didn't let him back. But yeah, he was in the Sideman charity game, yeah, as the goalkeeper. And I think, as you would expect as a guy who throws a ball to himself in his back garden, he was he was pretty terrible. So I don't think he got the invite back. Yeah, mate. He's doing big some... stuff. The Sidemen are as famous as it gets in the UK. He's doing some good stuff. You never know where it's going to lead. Yeah, one of my uh, guilty pleasures at the moment is this guy who um, he's called Instabren, and basically what he does is he goes up to people in like, yes. have you seen him with the sunglasses yes, on? Yes, mate, yeah. it, it's fucking funny. I I can't not watch his videos because he like for anyone who doesn't know, like basically he's got a little camera and his sunglasses, and he's like this six foot five American dude, and I don't know what shop he goes to, but they're all like very interesting characters many of them are missing teeth that sort of thing and it's in like the deep south of america from what it seems but it's fucking hilarious he just goes up and acts really weird acts like he knows them and then yeah. um yeah it's just he acts like down. he talks to npcs right and he i think one of the ones that he did and maybe i'm thinking the wrong person but i think he went up to people and said almost like accepting a side quest from them like an npc I think them videos are, I just, they're so good. Interact, being weird with the public. I think for me, they're the best videos. Yeah. Have yeah, you seen, they are. Have you seen the guy who asks his people to record dances and they're like two minute long videos of him just dancing in silence? Yeah, man. My few pages full of that. Yeah, that that guy is the, um, I watched a couple, they popped up in my um, my page and then I've watched a few and I just get a constant stream of him and like Instabren. Um, Instabren, I'll send you one of Instabren's um, videos. Basically, I, th I think it's different than what you're thinking. He basically walks up to people and he's like, he leads with like a really weird intro line. Like he'll be like, um, uh, well, listen to my old buddy. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really weird. And then he like pretends to drink like tuna juice and stuff from like cans <laughs> that he's 
He's yeah, weird, really weird guy. I think but he's brought out. I think if he's the right person, I think he's brought out a drinking line now of all them <laughs> of his drinks. I think probably, mate. It's yeah. yeah. You got you got to uh, you got to monetize when you can monetize, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the tricky thing with social. This is what I found. You know, I thought with two hundred million views, I'd be making millions, but it isn't always the case. And I think yeah, you just got to chase the bag. I think. And it's it's difficult on TikTok. I'd say that's the biggest negative is actually monetizing it is really hard if you don't have a product to sell. So you need something mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like a fitness plan or just some kind of product, some link in your bio that you can send people to because the ad revenue, you just can't rely on it. And that's something I'm learning more and more that the AdSense is not going to get you to be a full-time creator who does this for a full-time living. Yeah, for sure. It's an amazing, like... Um... It's an amazing way to like drive traffic towards a lead magnet and then take them off the platform, right? Onto, like you said, you know, buying a course, buying a product, buying a service, that sort of thing. If you can get that right, like some people yeah. have literally blown up. They had one viral video about something, about a product or whatever, and it'll blow up. And loads of people, like they get like 100,000 people who buy their little five pound product. Yeah. They've made half a million pounds like in a week. It's crazy. So yeah, yeah it's uh it's a great platform for businesses as well. But in in terms of like when you're creating your content then, like what's do you have like a process or like a system in place? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think it's a combination of I would say three things that I do. Firstly, I just, and TikTok, there's this really, has a really nice search feature. Just search your niche, whatever it is, you know, like gym or fitness or corporate, whatever it is, just filter by what's popular on the week and the most liked. And then I just go through and see what's, what's hot today, mostly to find audios, but then to see, you know, what's trending. So that's probably number one. Number two is actually just spend a lot of time on TikTok. You know what's trending. After five minutes, sometimes you don't even have to look at your phone, right? You can just hear what the trending sounds are. So you just, eventually you kind of get them and say, put them in your favorites and then open your collections up and then go from there. And then thirdly is original videos. So you just have a funny idea. You're walking, you're thinking in the shower, something at work happens that's funny that's rel- um, that you think people can relate to. So that's my three is one, what's trending in my space? So I go on TikTok and just see in the last week what's most liked. Two, I actually just spend a lot of time on. And three is just the original videos. And I think you need a combination of that because you can't always be just seeing what's trending. You need to have your organic original content. And someone like Fred is really good at that, I see. I, I, I don't then think he's just looking at what's trending. He seems to just do stuff that talks about his life. But that's, that's kind of what I do for my ideas. And then in terms of execution, I just batch produce it. I just literally on a Saturday, I'll sit down for five hours and just produce 20 videos so I can have at least a couple oh, really? a day. Yeah, yeah, I just batch produce. That's why you'll see me in the same clothes. Some mm. people will change it, right, and make a new video, but I just think that's stuff, it doesn't matter. So you'll see me in the same clothes for a week's content. I've made that all just in one go. It took me about six hours, and that's it. Maybe a bit on the Sunday morning, and that's about it. I don't make any videos in the week, so boss, if you're watching, I don't make it in the week or when I'm at work or no, I literally just do it batch produce. I would love to do more. And that's, I think to really keep on top of TikTok, you have to do it daily because a trend can come like the Roman empire, you know, how much do you think about on a day? And then two days later, it's just not as relevant. So 
so there's there's imperfections in the way I do it, but it helps me juggle work, fitness, and everything else I do, as well as producing content. So yeah, man, I just batch produce six hours, and then I'm pretty much done for the week. It's interesting. What time do you get up on like a Saturday or Sunday? Then do you just like is it like early thing? You just do it from like seven a.m. to to twelve sort of thing, or? Dude, I'm an early bird. I yeah, I I just get up at like eight. Start producing content at nine, and then by the time two or three is rolled around, I'm done for the day. So yeah, Saturday is still a working day, I guess you could call for me, because I'm there for six hours back producing videos. It just works for me, you know, because I can get in the zone, and I cannot think about it in the week, so I'm not just like jumping from TikTok to work to fitness to business and just jumping all around. For me, it just works to back to produce. So yeah, I just go up 9 a.m. to 2, 3 p.m., and then I'm done for the week. And if I maybe have a couple of ideas, I might do it in the morning or the evening in the week, but that is a rarity for me, particularly I, I batch produce. And I'd encourage everyone to do it because all you really need is a minimum one, but maximum about three or five videos in a day, which sounds a lot. But to be fair, if you're making short videos, it's really easy. So yeah, batch produce it, make 20. I'll post two a day, six I might not even find funny anymore. So I just end up sitting in my drafts for eternity. But yeah, that's mm. my, that's the way I produce videos. That's what's going to be interesting as well, where the platform goes, because if it keeps pushing like 60 second to like five minute videos, that's obviously a lot harder to make. Yeah. And unless you're doing like talking videos. So, because I think on YouTube, when they started, they basically like on YouTube, animation just went out the window um, yeah. years ago. Like it's, uh, it was there were some big animation accounts that were posting like two minute videos, like once every two weeks sort of thing. Uh, and they were getting like 50 million, a hundred million views. And then they just, they, they, they basically shut down their accounts and they all went to like a gaming channel because obviously gaming, you can post like a three hour video super easy and make a hundred times the money. So that's going to be really interesting to see if they continue to push like the short form content like the 15 second ones that people can make. I think as well, like, how long does it take you to like edit a video, like even like a 15, 20 second video? Yeah, it depends how long, it depends what, yeah, how long the video is. So genuinely, for a short meme video that I pretty much can guarantee will get at least a quarter of a million views if it's done in the right format, can take me a minute. And that is from finding a funny little story on Reddit or, or Twitter to producing it and then and then getting it done. So sometimes videos can take literally 10 seconds to a minute to film, and I'm not even exaggerating. But then the longer form videos, which I'm trying to get into now on YouTube and on TikTok, they take, you know, they take a couple of hours because you've got to actually think about what you're saying. So them ones, I would say, do make it a lot more difficult to keep up with that three to five a day. And I think the key to be able to produce good content and to keep them coming is to have a good workflow that you produce content. I think you've got to have like a little bit of experimenting in there, but really you do need a nice little workflow to do it. Because sometimes, yeah, honestly, the videos take like a minute, honestly, like literally. And sometimes though, this is the disheartening thing. I, I guess disheartening, but actually you just got to go where the views are. You can spend six hours on a video and it get a thousand views. You can spend 10 seconds on a video and it get 10 million views. So this is where I'm at, where I'm like, you know what? I only produce videos on a weekend for six hours and that's my week's content. I need to make the most of this and get my maximum views per effort. So that's where I just put my time. And that's why you'll see probably sort of similar templates because I'm thinking, you know what? I know this is going to bang and then I can go to the gym and just, you know, get on with someone else. So 
you just need to be at a workflow that's that that's right for you and have little templates that you know that's gonna that's gonna bang. But yeah, you can put I can put a whole day's work into a video. It might get a few thousand views, and sometimes I can put ten seconds, and it gets ten million. Did you like before you figured that strategy out? Were you just doing like just ad hoc recordings, and, and it wasn't working for you? Like, how did you come to that sort of strategy? Yeah, like I said, I did a podcast for the YouTube channel. I wasn't getting quite the views I got. But on TikTok, my strategy was just experiment. So I started on TikTok with two different channels. One which was more serious, like career tips, interview tips, like graduate job tips, very serious. And then I had another one. So I A-B tested two accounts. And then I had Mr. Bro Team. I thought this one was going to be my main account. And this one was just going to be my shitposting. Actually, what happened was after a week, I realized I got a few thousand views here. And shit, I've got hundreds of thousands of views here talking about absolute nonsense. So actually, I just doubled down on this account. And that's where you see me today. I just A-B tested a couple of different strategies. The comedy stuff sells. People want humor. People don't want serious. And even now, I'm trying to put that back into my content. Actually, like, look, I'm not just a guy who wiggles his mouth and doesn't do work throughout the day. You know, I can help you with interviews, you know, corporate life. I can help you navigate. I've got some more to give than that. But people sort of say, look, I, I just want the humor and the comedy. So it took me, to answer your question, it took me no time at all to figure out that comedy and humor sells. So the five to seven second videos. And once you've experimented enough and you've posted three to five videos a day, that learning curve is so shortened. So you know what works and what doesn't. And then you can just double down. And as the algorithm changes, my advice is you just always got to pivot. You'll see my content trying to change over the next few months as I'm trying to figure out some new stuff. But to answer your question, Matt, it didn't take long at all, as long as you're producing enough content so you can experiment constantly. Yeah. And then like, you know, the productivity side of things as well, like how, you know, you batch it obviously on Saturdays or Sundays. Were you like, were you always doing that? Or did you go through like some growing pains of like actually trying to produce the content? Always doing that. Always, 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 always. You need, you need a good, you need a good process to what works for you. You know, I'm not of the luxury and most people won't be if you want to be a content creator. Yeah. I'm not of the luxury where I do this full time. I, I probably mm. could make the jump now if I got smart about it, but I'm someone who has got a busy job, believe it or not. So I need to find something that works for you. So it's, and, and kind of, I would love to produce more. I would love every day to get up and just produce content. My content would come a lot better. I wouldn't be just doing stuff that just gets for the views. You'd be experimenting. I would absolutely love it. But you have to find what works for you. So because I've got a busy nine to five, that batch producing just allows me to produce a week's worth of content really easily. And it's a system that works well for me. When I've tried to do it in the week, I, for whatever reason, I don't know, I just get distracted. I'm unfocused. And when I've got five things on, I don't like it. I like to sit down shut the door and just not leave until I've got a week's worth of content. So it just works for me, man. But what I will say is I'm thinking about it in the week. I'm favoriting videos. Yeah, I'm favoriting videos. I'm looking at trends and I'm writing in my notes. I have like a note on my phone of about 500 video ideas for YouTube, for pod for anything, right? So I do that throughout the week. But actually making the videos, yeah, I'll just open my phone and then we'll just get started. And I would say it's just more about execution for me. This has been successful for me is I've not thought about it at all. My name, my niche, nothing. I just produce whatever I like. And to be fair, I found success in it. I haven't been able to monetize it maybe as well as if I decided that I was just going to talk about golf, you know? But in terms of actually organic reach and getting views, I didn't niche down. And I think that's been 
my biggest strength and my biggest weakness sort of, but it did allow me to experiment a lot. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. With, because obviously, like you said, you had like some videos that have had mad millions of views, right? Do you get like many haters or have you had haters in the DMs or anything like that? And like, how have you, how do you deal with that? Because I think that's probably what someone's biggest fear about posting online. My DMs are full of people wanting to buy my socks. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. My, they're just people wanting to see my feet and buy my socks. So that's most of my DMs. Um, <laughs> see your yeah, feet get, and buy your socks. Yeah, they want to buy my socks and see my feet. That's most of my DMs. I'm not. I'm not even. Oh, literally your socks. My socks. They just want to see. I'm a sex symbol online. I must be. And, and the feet. I don't know why. They just want to see them. So that's most of my DMs. But yeah, of course I get loads of hate comments. Right? And who doesn't? You know. When I, I, I never told a single person about my TikTok, not a single person. I just produced videos in silence and I like to keep myself to myself. If I could, none of my close friends and family would even still know about my TikTok and my YouTube and, you know, creating all this content. So I just didn't care about people's opinion because they didn't know about my channel. Then when they actually started discovering it, once I hit 50K, once I started blowing up on Instagram as well as TikTok, that was when people was like, hey, I saw, saw your videos. But then it got to a point where I was already so big getting millions of views. They saw it because I was doing something right. So I was able to go through that process of like judgment in silence, actually. And I went to mm. go through that teething process. So now people at work and people are my friends and family who say, I've seen your videos. They're well goofy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I've got 10 million views. So, you know, I'm not going to cry about it. But to talk about the hate comments, yeah, of course, you're going to get loads of hate, particularly if you're doing like, videos like what Fred does or what I do, which is like goofy as fuck, you're going to get hate comments, but they just feed the algorithm. Honestly, man, I don't even go into the t comments too much anymore. And if I'm honest, the engage, you just want engagement. So I'm quite happy to have the engagement. And actually, if you can take a bad comment and make a video about it, I think people really resonate with that. Like even I had one literally I posted just a few hours ago, which is someone said I'd remind them of the seven up guy. I think he's called like Fiddy Doody or something. He's got this silly little hair. And I just made a reply video to it. And I think people really like it. So I think, I think just don't take yourself too serious. And if you don't want your friends and family judging you, which is something I was nervous about, just don't tell them. And then they'll find out about it when you're already big. And then at that point, who cares? It's just like, yeah, you just brush it off. Yeah, I think, I think one of the, I think you're totally right. Like you've, you've skipped the, the phase where, people your friends and family have come across your stuff maybe because you know you're enthusiastic about it and you've told them about it oh, i've started a youtube channel or whatever right and then yeah. they're sort of like looking at you and especially people who who want to do what you do like a lot of people want to be content creators because it's a cool job right it's interesting it's creative That's and, right. That's um, cool. you're like your own boss and it can lead to really interesting things rather than working in their their office job their sales job or whatever so they're going to like, they're going to comment negatively on it, but it's very different that the reaction is very different if you're getting results, right? So if you're getting like, say yeah. you were getting a hundred views, you'd be pe people saying to you, like your friends and family being like, maybe that's embarrassing or maybe you should stop and give it up, do that sort of thing. But the fact I, that you've I, jumped I've that, been through that. I've been getting a hundred views on my YouTube channel for like six months. 
I just didn't tell anyone about it. So I was able to just look like, a, you know, not be successful in silence. It was only until they found out about it because, you know, like my brother, he works in HR. I think one of the way he found out about it was in a People magazine. It was talking about his brother who his boss called him on an airplane. And I've got an article in this HR magazine he's got. So when you're at that point, it's the coolest thing ever to find out that you're a social guy, right? So if you can grind in silence, I think that's what I would advise. Yeah, because you get to go through that. And then also, man, I was feeding the hate comments. I, I try to not do too much, but you have to pick a side. You have to be a little bit racy, a little bit controversial. Like I would take videos taking the mick out of Londoners and down south because I know it's going to do well. I actually work in London. I don't mind it, but I know it's going to do well. So actually, I feed into that. Um, like, you know how people love to take the mick out of boomers, right? I've got nothing against boomers. Sometimes I think of myself as a boomer myself, some of this stuff. But you've got to pick a side. You've got to be a bit racy. And if you're trying to please everyone and sit on the fence constantly, you're never going to get anywhere. And I think that's why people like my videos, because I'm not afraid to maybe make a video about something that happens at work that is a little bit contentious. And that usually resonates really well. So to be fair, man, I think you've got to, if you want the views, you have to pick a side. And if you pick a side, you've just got to accept you're going to get some kind of hate into, into it. And you just got to not let it impact you. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one to navigate for some people, right? Like, but, but the thing is, your haters are like your most loyal fans in a way because they will seek out your videos and become obsessive about it. And then every video, they'll be like, you're such a loser. This isn't funny. Mm-hmm. Like, do you follow that, um, what's he called? The Manny Show? No, I don't, can't say I do. So he's, he's this guy, right? So he's this, like, I think he's, like, 17. But he, he has millions of followers, like 10 million followers. And I think he was, like, one of the first big, like, memer accounts on TikTok. And he gets, like, all he does is just take other people's content and just repurpose it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all he does. Like, he doesn't speak in any of his videos. Um, and he just, like, he, he pretty much takes really viral videos and reenacts them scene by scene, word by word, using that person's sound from that video. And mm-hmm. then, and he get, he's got a bit of a reputation, obviously, for people who are like, you're literally not creating any content. You're just copying people's content. But yeah. he's getting millions of views, millions and millions and millions of views. And he's got, like, um, if, I, I don't follow him, but he pops up in my, my FYP quite a lot. And he, uh, the top like 20 comments are just like day 372 of watching the Manny Show's videos without laughing or something. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're going to get that for sure. Um, there's a lot of that on TikTok. And to be fair, that is how you go big. You look at what's trending, you replicate it, kind of adapt it to your niche a little bit. And that's, that's, how, you, that's how you get big. But you're going to get that. You're going to get the hate. But I would say, I would say you either go on social media and accept that you're going to get hate or just stay off social media. It's very easy to take off, not post videos, but it's just going to have to come with the territory. And if you're trying to please everyone, you'll notice you'll never go anywhere, you know, at all. And people like, you know, we talked about Joe Rogan at the start. I don't think he has a comment section now. I don't think Spotify, you even can. And on Instagram, he says he doesn't read them. So Mm. when you, and to be fair, comments, I, I got to a point where I couldn't possibly read every comment 
which was a point where I was replying to every single one and absolutely loving it. They just got to a point and there was too many. So at that point when there are too many, you kind of just post, put your phone down and then walk away. And then until maybe you want some content and sometimes the comments are really good for that, you can then actively go through. And then the hate comments. I mean, I, I say most people on TikTok are pretty cool. I would say Instagram actually has the worst comments. So if you really don't want hate, don't post on Instagram because they can be absolutely brutal to you. They do not hold back. TikTok's actually a bit friendlier. Mm, interesting. Because who's your demographic? Is it like corporate? So it's sort of like corporate talk, isn't it? Like where from home talk, that's all. Yeah, so, yeah it's good. so I have like, I guess I have like three things I do. One is like, I started off just making videos about Spider-Man. When Spider-Man No Way Home was coming out, <laughs> I just Honestly, I just started making videos about Spider-Man because I was excited for the movie. And then I started trying the remote work stuff. And I, if I'm honest, I wanted to stay away from work because, one, it's nice to not talk about work when I'm because I do that all week. And then I, TikTok was kind of this escape. But, unfor- but no, well, unfortunately, that gets the views. So I just fell back into talking about work and remote work and corporate world because there just seemed like this really underserved niche that people wanted like good personalities and silly content and, you know, maybe younger people producing content for it. So I just keep falling back into it, but there's the corporate stuff, there's the movie stuff and then the fitness stuff, which I stopped posting about fitness say a year ago, because like I said, I posted a a work from home video, a hundred K minimum. I post a fitness video. It might get a couple of thousand views. Right. So yeah, so I have them three things, but really the work from home stuff, I know they're going to bang and I know they're going to, the remote work corporate stuff, I know they're going to do really well. So I keep going back to it, but yeah, I definitely don't, I don't try and maybe stick to one niche. I do try and kind of experiment, but most of the, my audience is going to be work from home corporate people and say millennials, right? Let anyone 20, 21 to like 35. Yeah, yes. It's, it's, you you mentioned something there as well because obviously you put the work from home stuff out because that's obviously where you've got your success, and then it obviously that do, does really well. And you do the fitness stuff, and obviously fitness videos do well for some people, like very well. Mm. Um, but this is this is where I'm. I, I'd love to know like how the actual like how it all actually works, like behind the scenes. Because have you seen that bread account? That guy just records a piece of bread. <laughs> no, but I feel like I'm missing out. You're not on bread talk missing out mate no. um no. it's uh it's it's literally like literally <laughs> a bread roll on a table and he just records the bread roll with this like song in the background a million views damn Dude, and when, called... when something works just milk it until you can't anymore i i respect the hustle really i respect the grind What's really funny is I saw um, I saw a video of the guy because he come ac- come across from my my thing and I clicked on it and I was like, surely this isn't lit because he's called like the bread roll or something account. And I was like, surely that's not all he does. <laughs> and I was just looking, I was just out of curious curiosity really. I was like, how many views he's actually getting consistently? You know, ten k, ten k, fifty fifty k, fifty k, occasionally a million sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing over and over and over again. People love it, but he did a video. Um, basically explaining how he tried to like transition away from the bread roll <laughs> the category and he was posting like 
well thought out videos and stuff like that. I can't remember what he was posting about, but he was like, he would put out like these videos, which probably would have done well if that was his niche. And then it wouldn't do very well. Get like a hundred views, 200 views. And then he'd, he'd be like, Oh, maybe my account's dead. Post another video of a bread roll. And it, it would explode. And he was like, I don't yeah. understand. Are they actually like, do they, does the, the technology actually like track, like if there's a bread roll in the picture, checks what his <laughs> niche is. Oh, he's in the bread roll, TikTok, push it out. So I wonder if it's that, if it's that like advanced in that it can literally like sort of see what you've got on the content, what type of content it is. And maybe that's what it's doing for you. It's like, no, you're in the, uh, Mr. Protein's in the work from home mm-hmm. corporate world. We don't want the fitness stuff, mate. Yeah, that's a good point. Does the TikTok algorithm promote the bread? Yeah, that is a good point. I I think, personally, that the dude just found a template that worked, which was he posted the bread and people liked it. And people are quite happy, you know, to see the catchphrase over and over again. You can post the same joke 10 times and people will still enjoy the video. I think it really is just knowing what the algorithm likes and just giving it what it likes. Like I'm at this stage now where let's say my videos, the little meme five, seven second videos are are my bread. I'm at a point where I want to sort of give a little bit more because I've got more to give. But sometimes you post it, it gets say 10K, 5K views. And you think, you know what? I'll just go back to making the bread videos because it's not worth the time. So I think TikTok's just like that. When something works, people just make whole careers out of it, right? He can literally, I don't know what career he can have, but I'm confident he can make some good money out of this. He can make bread from his bread. And I think that is what TikTok is. YouTube, you kind of have to be experimenting with different forms of content. TikTok, you can have one thing and beat the dead horse and just milk it for everything it's worth. And actually, I have found that, if I'm honest, I think his other videos just probably aren't as good. I think they're not as good as probably what he thinks, and TikTok doesn't want to see it. And even if they're the coolest video ever, what goes viral on TikTok might not go viral on Instagram and on YouTube. People like stupidly um, relatable, stupid, goofy comedy videos on TikTok. They tend to do well. So I'm sure if he had another video that was sort of suited for TikTok, that would bang, but... I just think he his video isn't as good as what he thinks for TikTok, I think. Yeah. Yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, do you know what? When you said that, like monetizing it and stuff, I was like, fucking hell. I wonder if he's considered, like, making his own bread brand and then recording his <laughs> bread brand. Mate, imagine getting millions of views like, on your new bread brand and you could just, like, ship off the... I don't know if it's that easy to make bread. You'd but, be making bread. Uh, Dude, dude just needs a sponsorship from Hoax or something. Yeah, he just needs to get sponsored by Warburton's or whatever. I, 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 that must have happened. That must have happened. Because bread, I can't imagine bread talk is a big niche. You telling me? I've not seen the cam. You're telling me it's big, big news. So. Yeah, he needs to get sponsored by Warburton's. It's crazy how you can monetize, and I think the way is to source to sell a product, and the other way is sponsorships. And that's why you'll see people like Fred doing things like for Fairy Liquid and then next, I don't know, for a football team. I saw a few the other day. So they're the two ways. So, yeah, Bread Guy can just get a sponsorship from Warburton's and he can be making some money. Yeah, this is this is what I mean. Like content creation is like, I, th- I think they I saw something or heard something last year about 
kids nowadays, if you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they're like, oh, I want to be a content creator. I want to be an influencer, not a doctor or a lawyer. I don't know if that's worrying for the for the next generation or not, but we'll see. But I think it's a bit worrying. Yeah, I think so. But I don't, I don't blame them at all. You know, I don't blame them at all. You know, we live in the UK. We know what UK doctors and UK dentists earn. And then when you see someone posting bread talk and they're making 100K a year, you think, you know what? I fancy posting pictures of bread. Yeah, I don't blame people at all. It's probably worrying of where we'll be in 40 years. But no, I don't blame people at all. Content creation is the coolest job in the world. You get to work for yourself, do whatever you want creatively, go in any direction. I don't blame people. But yeah, we're going to end up, we, we still need plumbers and engineers and electricians. Yeah, I do worry who's going to be doing the plumbing in 40 years. But What do you make of these? Um, have you seen those like NPC live streams? If I was a full-time concrete creator, I would sell my soul in an instant and do an NPC live stream. I would have no shame. So I, I think they're getting the bag, and I'm I'm fully supported, man. I, I I honestly don't judge. They're making tons of money, being goofballs on live stream. I would sell my soul in an instant if I needed the money. Yeah, it's interesting. There's this there's this guy. He's um, I it's one of those things where it's like I watched like. 30 seconds of him once and i cannot get rid of him off my uh my tiktok app i've even done the little not interested <laughs> thing on it you can do but he's like uh, when it all popped up he was just going like uh he goes uh he literally stands still and to be fair to him he's he's been quite smart about it so he's got sunglasses on and a hoodie on you can't actually tell who he is and he's like he's like from south london he's like a um yeah, he's 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 got a South London accent, and he just goes, "I sure do love running. I sure do love running." And, uh, and then they do that, <laughs> mate. Literally, that's all he does. He just says, "I sure do love running." Um, and then like someone will send a rose, which is like twenty p or something, I think. And then someone will sell, send like a thing, and he's got like a different emote for like each one. But some of them are like, no, yeah. so um, I think one of them was like. I think one of them was like a carrot or something. The girls definitely did this, by the way, obviously. But he was like, um, someone sent like nine carrot things, which was worth like five. I think I know this is going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, sort of like doing that. And he's like, I love carrots. <laughs> I mean, he does it nine times because of the amount of carrots that person sent. So it's like, I don't know, mate. It's like, I don't know how sustainable that sort of. Uh... I don't know how long they're doing it as well because you've got those. Those chi- do you ever see that China doll girl? Mm, I don't know. I saw the original girl who's doing the NPC talks. I've not seen the China girl. Well, she 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 was like um she's like plays like a China doll NPC sort of thing. Um, but she was doing it for like sixteen hours in a row, and she just sort of like does that, and then she just goes like, "Hey," like that, but for <laughs> hours, mate hours i think joe rogan had um they pulled it up because um jamie was telling joe rogan about it when it all popped off it's fucking weird yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's gonna last that long personally yeah, there is, there's one guy i'm gonna I'm, credit where credit is due there is one guy who does he has a hot dog suit on and he does his glugs he is absolutely milking the trend and actually he's funny so when i saw his video i instead of saying not interested i was like i'm very interested let's go 
He's milking the trend. He's making, he must be making thousands at taking the mick out of the trend. So this guy is finessed it. So he's, he's someone who's just milking it for everything he's worth. And actually, I find them very funny. Yeah, I, I, to be fair, man, I think they're kind of funny. I think you kind of have to have no shame and accept that you're going to get, we talked about hate comments. You kind of go accept it. But to be fair, they make, they get in the bag. And as someone who appreciates chasing the bag on social media, I, I respect it, man. I would be, if I needed the money, I'd be there. Yeah, some some girl went viral the other day because she made a video about like, um, it's it's like I was gonna make a video about how I hate the, um, I think it's literally like oh, all these NPC people are really stupid. I'm gonna do it to see how much money you actually make, and she did it. It's, it was all part of the video, and she was like at the end of the video, she was like, I just made five hundred dollars in like three hours. She was like, Oh my god, I can't yeah. believe this, and then now she's doing it because she's making so much money because so she was like making a video about how it's stupid and she was like holy shit you can actually make so much money if you're right so um fair play to them I, I think it's the real things that... the real npc i was gonna say the real npcs are the ones who are donating i think to this <laughs> i know mate it is funny I think it's like a control thing, though. Like, if you've got a bit of money as well, like if you're bored and you make 100k a year, and you, you're on like, they're probably the same people that buy your socks, mate. But if you're like, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you can control someone, <laughs> it's big business. Big business. Yeah, I, like I'm sure someone's got like 50 quid, and they're like watching this guy do this running thing and the carrot thing, and they're like. Here's 10 carrots. It's a pound. You know? Mm. And you get like 100 people do that, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got full respect to them. I honestly, is if they found something that works, milk it to all you can and go for it. I find them kind of funny. Check out the hot dog guy. I don't know what his name is, but you, he'll pop up now, I'm sure. The algorithm would have heard this conversation. And he's good. He's actually funny. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I'll give the NPC trend. I'll give the NPC trend another two weeks maximum. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. It's going to be interesting. But um, <laughs> yes, yeah, send me the hot dog guy as well. Send send it to me after this. Yeah, yeah, will do. You'll love um, it. I think to close this off, mate. One one other thing I really want to speak to you about because uh, you're quite switched on about this stuff. Like, where do you see? Where do you see like content creation going with like AI and, and, and all this stuff that's forever coming out? That box, yeah. You want to open that, yeah. AI. Um, yeah, it's funny because I, I work in marketing with AI and trying to get into that. And then obviously I produce content. So I can see it from two different angles. I think personally, so if the question is where do I see it going and will we all lose our jobs from AI in terms of content creation, I think as we go on more, people will want humans even more. And I see content creation as this incredibly future-proofed job because the more, less authenticity you have and something real, the more you want it. And I think people want to just hear people have conversations on podcasts and see them on TikTok having, you know, things that they can relate to. So I see as AI gets bigger, content creation and being authentic is going to get bigger as well. 
I think where I see AI, obviously they're going to you know take some content of the content creation, but I see as you as a content creator how you can use AI. It's just to streamline the process. Like you on this podcast could take this hour long clip, plug it into AI. It makes you twenty short form videos, captions it up, and then you can just post them. So I don't think it's going to replace this kind of chit chat and this kind of this kind of content. I think this is always going to be super valuable. It's never going to replace a news presenter, right? It's never going to present someone who's at the other end of that camera. It will just help you streamline that content creation process, and anyone can take advantage of that. And I think as a result, you're just going to see tons more quantity of content as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I had this guy recently on called uh, called Cass. He's like super into automation. He like does like lead scrape, like web scraping and that kind of stuff. And nice. we had this chat. I showed him the. Uh, have you seen the Tesla cold call? Um, where they get this like bot to book in a call um, with an inbound um, lead. Yeah, it's good. It's actually quite impressive. You can kind of figure it out, right? Because it has a bit of a lag, but it's impressive. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing. Um, I think I'm of the opinion as well that actually what's going to happen is the the human element will will never go away, and we'll see it more important. And then what it might happen is people if things get automated so much that they People, people just get sick of it. Like, okay, so put it this way: this, this is one thing I always come back to. If if AI start doing cold calls, which they definitely will be in two years, if 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 sooner, there's going to be regulations around this kind of stuff, right? There's going to be legislation, and if someone calls you and they're a human, it's a very different reaction from your end, from an emotional perspective, to say, like, if if a an AI called you, but at the start of the call they have to say, just to let you know, first of all. I'm a robot, like your reaction is going to be different, right? Yeah, I think I think when you ask, you know, where's AI going? It depends what industry you're talking about. So if you were to say to me about retail, I would say you need to be looking for a new job really soon. You know, unless you work at a bar or a pub, if it's like a Tesco supermarket, you need to be looking for a new job. If you were to be in a taxi driver, a truck driver or an Uber driver, I would say you need to be training for a new job in the next five years, five to 10 years, because automation is coming. It depends what industry, man. If you're thinking of content creation, then just leverage the shit out of these AI tools to produce content now, whilst people are kind of getting up to speed with it. Mm. But it depends what industry. It's going to take over different industries at different timelines. Some are going to die, right? Like cars is the first one I think of. You're not... It'll, first of all, there'll be no, it'll be all automated driverless cars that are electric. Then it will be illegal to drive your own car because it's much safer for an AI to drive it for you. So them kind of industries start looking for a new job right now. But things like content creation, these are just tools to leverage. Yeah, now it's gonna be it's gonna be super interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, and mate, I, and the way I see AI and these these tools and technologies, it's almost you just have to make sure you're constantly swimming upwards to keep your head above water is how I see it. Like, you just have to constantly be upskilling yourself to keep your head above. I think, obviously, a lot of lower-end jobs that you can automate, of course, they'll get automated, but you just have to focus on trying to keep swimming upwards to keep your head above it. Yeah, just upskill and try and stay ahead of the trend to survive, like, you know, like any yeah, like evolution. 
Yeah, you mentioned sales, right? Of course, call centers, you know, like an inbound in particular, they'll be automated without question. But there's no way, you know, high-end sales is getting automated, right? You know, if you walk mm -hmm. into, you know, even like business to business, right? There's no way that's getting automated anytime soon. So again, it's just about you got to just keep swimming upwards. Um, and I would say still a little bit of time left. You know, we tried to move, uh, make some content using AI at work. And it was some images. They were just, the quality just was not there. Not quite yet. So I think we have a little bit of time. But I'd say in the next 10 years, that's where you're going to see the shift. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, the, the thing is as well, like, with art, you know, art, content creation is, is art, you could argue, right? It's all, there's the ethical thing as well around, it's basically stealing other people's stuff and then repurposing it. That's the whole thing, right? It's not, it's not mm. actually created. And also like, again, to go back to like, it's the same thing of like a sales call. When you find out something's actually AI and you probably, legislation is probably going to come in where you have to disclose that. I think okay. people react very differently to like, say, say they made like a, a 90 minute action movie, right? But it was all AI and the characters weren't actually real. Like it was all like Bruce Willis's, yeah. um, likeness that he's actually sold um and they made a bruce willis movie but you know that it's not actually bruce willis i think it removes that connection it's not as good like have you have you um have you listened to like well you, you definitely have but have you ever listened to like any bands you like where they've made a song using ai and it sounds exactly like them yeah yeah i've heard i mean they're all over my few page yeah like Kanye West remixes and stuff. So do you, have you like, do you want to download that new song and listen to it? Or do you have a slightly different attachment to it because it's AI? No, not at all. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Isn't that interesting though? So like, I'm a massive Oasis fan and someone, um, they basically. Best band in the world. Well done, man. Well done. <laughs> Best band um... in the world. Let's go. <laughs> Have you heard the um that album someone published on YouTube? So they basically what they did is they're a real band. They actually made the instruments stuff. Uh the like all the instrumentals is actually real music, like real real instruments that they played. Okay. But all they did is they got um AI to uh generate so they wrote the lyrics as well. That everything's done. They they just got Liam Gallagher from nineteen ninety five to sing it. And it's fucking awesome. Oh, that's cool. It's that's really, cool. really awesome. Um, and I was listening to it, and it made me like a little bit sad, if I'm honest, because I was like, "This is like a really good album. This is like a yeah. very good Oasis album, and it's not fucking Oasis, and it's not actually Liam Gallagher." And I couldn't bring myself to like actually want to download it and listen to it in the gym or something because I, I don't know why. I, I, yeah. It, yeah, you know what I mean. No, that is great. That's a really good point. Music will get to the point where you can say, I would like a birthday message for my fiance, sung by Liam Gallagher, you know, and just ask AI what you want, and it will give you a personalized song from Oasis that's completely, you know, what you want it to be. And it talks about you and references you and your fiance on about whatever it is, right, for a birthday gift. That's where AI is going to go. So you're going to be able to get Kanye West song, a Post Malone song that is completely bespoke to you. And that's where AI is going to go. 
do I think that that will outsell the authentic music? There is no freaking way. There's no way. It's like how you want authentic gold or an authentic diamond or there's just no freaking way that this is going to. But there will be, it'll be a huge market. It will just make the other stuff way more valuable because this will be in abundance and then this stuff then just becomes higher tier. Mm. Yeah. Well, so we're not stopping it. So we'll find out in a few years. Yeah, have you played around with ChatGPT much? Um, what have I used it for? I've used it for like, uh, I I've used it for like skeleton structures of content creation. Um, like you know, give me X ideas or give me X problems that people run into, or like if I wanted to create mm. like a corporate humor video. I'd be like, what common problems do people have with their boss or something, right? But I've never, I, I, I've, I'm so against like getting it to completely create your content from scratch because mm. I just wouldn't feel good about. Um, I personally wouldn't feel like I've achieved anything. I think, but I don't think I've, yeah. I've used it for much else. Probably just stupid shit, mate. Just trying to get it to say stupid things and like history facts and stuff. What about you? Like a chat box, yeah. When you're lonely at midnight, just chat into a chat box. Yeah, I will say I have I have considered setting up a whole account that is a video of something like I don't know whatever it is, some lifestyle image, and just getting ChatGPT to like come up with like twenty interview tips or like twenty gym tips or you know twenty funny memes, just literally on TikTok p putting them on with a trending audio. And you can produce, you could produce a hundred a day if you really wanted to, but like posting like 10 a day and just seeing how much a completely AI generated account can actually make and how quick it can grow purely using AI. So I have considered it. I must admit starting a whole new account and using it because I, I think it, I think you can do numbers, particularly as people are just wrapping their head around AI. So if you can be quite smart about it. I think there's tons of money to be made like now and up to maybe the next two or three years. Oh, mate, like um, Duncan Trussell, like he's apparently like obsessed with it. Like Jerrigan's uh, comedian friend from uh, no one that knows, but he um, he speaks, he uses it like every day. He, he speaks to it more. He speaks to his kids apparently. And it's like the things he gets <laughs> it to do because he's got so good at like the prompts and stuff. I mean, in America, I, I haven't seen this in the UK yet, but in America, there are like chat GPT prompt engineers. That's a job now, prompt engineer. And they're getting yeah. paid like 150, yeah. 200 grand a year. I believe it. So we've used it a little bit of work and I believe that they get paid that much. And it's crazy because the actual subscription to these tools are like 20 quid a month or something. They're absolutely wildly cheap. But the people who are the prompt engineers, you. You only get out what you put in, like of everything, but particularly with ChatGPT, if you just ask it a really stupid, silly question, it's going to come up with a really stupid, silly, generic response. So you've got to work the system. And boomers and people, they don't know what they want, so they need people who know. Yeah, I believe it, man. The amount of money that gets thrown into this is, is, is stupid. So there's a lot of money to be made now until people sort of wrap their head around it. Yeah, it just depends where it's going to go, because, like... Uh when's the next chat gpt version out like 
Let's have a look. Don't know, man. You have to tell me. And also, by the way, my best friend who has just started doing content, he's chosen AI as his niche, and he's blown up on YouTube. Just AI news, how to get the most out of ChatGPT chat and prompts, just you know how it's going to affect us in the future. His whole channel is AI now. He's a business guy. He's that commercial guy like me, and he just sort of fell into it. It did one video did well, and now he's riding with it. So actually, even teaching other people on how to use AI, I mean, his channel's absolutely blown up. I think one of his YouTube videos got like half a million views, which on YouTube, that's wild. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of money and a lot of interest in the space. Yeah, no, mate, for sure, for sure. It's, it's going to be... Um, I think you have to, like, the ones who aren't up to... The ones who are against AI are going to be the ones that are completely left in the dust. And I think that will happen with content creation as well. Apparently, the next ChatGPT mm. release is ChatGPT 5, which they reckon is coming out in 2025. So that will be a while, but that is going to be like... I mean, that could be an enormous leap, you know, like in terms of yeah. what it can actually do. And because at the moment, it's just a language model, right? So it's just sort of like taking what's actually already online which is why it gets a lot of stuff done like i had something funny happen to me the other day actually so this i got this email saying um hey david congratulations on making it to the top 25 recruiters on linkedin list and it was like a blog article and i was like right okay, okay. and i looked at the list and um it was hilarious mate it was hilarious uh like they got my company name wrong and it was so obviously written by chat gpt apparently i have decades of experience i'm 32 years old like i don't really don't um you would know that if you read my linkedin for 10 seconds you know what i mean uh and i I've, i posted yeah. it into this whatsapp group we've got of just like recruiters and i was um someone ran it through chat gpt they just put in like who is david rolls like write write me a write me a short article for a blog about David Rolls or something, and it did like basically word for word the same stuff. And the guy was chasing me because basically what they wanted me to do was, um, they were like a job search engine or something, right? And they were like, "Can you put this on your LinkedIn? Put this on your website and stuff?" Because obviously you're featured in it, and it's like a great award for you, yeah. and um, and backlink it. And I was like, mate, it's not even correct. I was like, did you use ChatGPT for it? And then I realized they did. But people were doing stuff like that. So they're generating content like fake award lists and then getting people like, you know, for example, they they might do like a top um, 50 content creators in the UK and get you to do it. And if some people might get tricked by it and then that person has generated a backlink. So their website is now getting shitloads of traffic because they've, basically partnered with a content creator for free so there's loads of weird shit happening mate it's, it's going to be super interesting but like also a little bit scary yeah yeah you need they should have vetted that for sure but i believe it because i've had articles written about me if you type mr protein there's tons of articles i am convinced that ai generated i think it is literally here's a tiktok post can you write me a 200 word article about this because the way they read it is as if an ai generated it does have the author at the bottom but i am convinced it's generated by an ai you know half the articles that are already out there and i think this has been going on for years anyway yeah probably mate 
probably it's uh you know like them if you see them the sites which are like seven things they don't want you to know kind of articles they're they're 100 percent ai generated already oh yeah for sure like the um uh what's the ones the what's one you always see it's like um the shocking reason why hollywood blacklisted brendan fraser like that sort of stuff yeah 12 reasons why they blacklisted brendan fraser you won't believe number seven them articles a million percent have been ai generated for years so yeah rest in peace to copyright as i said i would say yeah it's uh it's it's funny you say that actually because the last episode i put out which was on monday was with a copywriter <laughs> and we talked about this <laughs> so it's that they're like the ones i've spoken to they are like adamant that it's really not gonna they said it's only gonna get rid of the shit copywriters because at the moment yeah. chat gpt4 is is just nowhere near the level that you need um but let's see what chat gpt5 does and i still think there'll be like a lag because there's always the early adopters and then there's the lag time and then like even with mobile phones for example mobile phones weren't popular until what really like the early 2000s i want to say like the very early 2000s um mm -hmm. yeah probably when the nokia 3210 came out but yeah i don't know mate. i don't know yeah anything I else you want to talk about right. that's what i mentioned yeah yeah that's what i think you mentioned about keeping your head above water i think obviously the shit ones will get automated but you know they're, they're just going to all turn into prompt engineers these chat these copywriters aren't they they're literally just going to get ChatGPT to do 80% of the heavy lifting and then they've obviously got to vet it and prompt it correctly. So, yeah, you just got to keep keeping your head above water. I don't know. I'm, am I afraid at the moment? No, but I don't work in retail. I don't drive a car, so or I don't, I don't write copies. So, yeah. Yeah, and even if your job gets taken over, mate, you can just um, make a good living like making memes on TikTok, I'm sure. Dude, the dream. I would love to, man. Yeah. No, I would, I'd do that tomorrow if I could, so, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Cool. Well, nice one, mate. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you have to come back on when uh, ChatGPT5 comes on and we can talk about how it's devastated uh, all the industries. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the persistence making this happen. I'm, I'm true to form. I was terrible at answering my messages and emails, so I appreciate the persistence. I've, I've enjoyed this. So thanks, man. No worries, mate. Um, where do you want people to go? Where can they find you if they want to see your stuff? TikTok, Mr. Broteen. Instagram, Mr. Broteen. And I've just started uploading on YouTube at Mr. Broteen. Yeah, we keep it simple, Mr. Broteen. I'm all across all social media. Keep it simple. Well, um, what I'll do is I'll put the, the links and everything to your stuff in the description anyway. So, um, yeah, if you want to check out uh, Mr. Broteen's stuff, then you'll, you'll find that all below. But yeah, mate, no, thanks so much. Uh, been an absolute pleasure.